0: Welcome to The Back Brief, folks. I'm Rod Rodriguez, and uh, this has been a hell of a week, hasn't it? Like, it's been a hell of a, I don't know, hell of a year, hell of a, it's, it's crazy. The Capitol building, uh, COVID is still happening. Lots of us forgot. COVID is still a thing, so uh, it's still killing thousands of people, uh, hundreds of thousands worldwide, uh, and uh, democracy in our country is uh, is in question although some might argue that, uh, you know, it's freedom fighters versus uh, the establishment. I've heard, I. but it's funny, I heard the same argument when I was in Iraq back in 03, but that's a discussion for another day. Today, my guest is uh, Connecting Vets reporter, Abby Bennett. Abby, thank you for being on the show.
2: Thank you for having me, Rod.
0: So what is going on here? Um, I, we, we just talked about COVID, you just did a story on connecting vets about COVID, Warp Speed, the VA. uh, Catch us up. Let us, you know, remind us what the hell else is going on other than impeachment, the 25th Amendment, and the president.
2: Sure, and there is a lot. You know, the news is full to bursting with what is happening, you know, in the Capitol and in the D.C. region. And, of course, that is very, very important. But there's lots of other news happening as well and stuff that we should be paying attention to. Uh, Chief amongst those is the fact that covid is surging worse than it ever has been before. Um, And that is reflected at the VA in the network of Veterans Affairs hospitals across the country. The VA is recording its highest levels of active COVID cases across the whole pandemic. I mean, we're seeing 20,000 patients actively sick with the virus. So not just people who have it and test positive, but people who are actively sick. And that is much, much higher than it has been in the past, Um, you know, and it's been creeping up since December. We saw a little bit of a lull, but after the holidays, we've seen sort of an explosion. Um, And that's, you know, at the same time that we're trying to roll out a vaccine. Um, And VA has, you know, done a really, really great job uh, starting to vaccinate its staff um, because VA has hundreds of thousands of staff, including lots and lots of medical staff. Um, so they're definitely prioritizing them and they're getting started on veterans. We saw our first veteran vaccinated back in December, um, a female World War II veteran. And so they're starting with folks who are most at risk. Um, you know, at, but recently, um, I did. Uh, we did publish a story about Operation Warp Speed. Um, I got a hold of an internal memo at VA that sort of showed that Operation Warp Speed, which is the big sort of public-private partnership, in charge of vaccine allotment um, in the United States government had denied VA a request for additional doses of the vaccine. And what that means is every week VA and other hospitals across the country get shipments of the vaccine um, and they get shipments uh, with a number that's determined by Operation Warp Speed. Um, It's it's based on a lot of factors. It's based on need. Um, It's also based on your capability to handle that much vaccine because, as we know, um, these early vaccines require really, really intense refrigeration Um, and, you know, they have to be uh, reconstituted, at least the Pfizer vaccine. So you've got to have folks who know how to do that. Um, But what's happening right now is that VA actually has the capability to be handling a lot more vaccine than it's receiving. the hospitals within the VA system could be vaccinating a lot more people and they could be handling a lot more vaccine but they're not getting it and from my understanding and talking with VA staff that's not because these companies aren't making enough it's because VA just isn't being given enough of it Um, and that's through Operation Warp Speed folks and so what this internal memo said was that you know, it it was an email to other, you know, VA healthcare leaders saying, hey, you know, I know you guys have come up with these great plans to vaccinate um, and to increase your productivity for vaccination, but Operation Warp Speed denied our request for more vaccines. And they said, you know, we hope to know more about our future allotments, you know, hopefully later this week. Um, But as of, you know, uh, on Monday, they had been denied, you know, a request for more than they had been receiving previously. So VA is still getting vaccine. It's not that they're not getting any, um, they're just not getting as much as they could be handling. Um, and they've been requesting more and haven't been getting it.
0: Any idea why uh, Warp Speed would deny a request like this?
2: That's a really, really tough question. And, you know, I reached out to VA and and to the White House um, who are partners in Operation Warp Speed, obviously, it's DOD, it's CDC, it's uh, Health and Human Services. Um, So lots and lots of bigwigs um, at the top tiers of the federal government are making these decisions. And so it's really hard to say why. Um, I think, you know, right now, um, Operation Warp Speed did come out this week and say they plan to release all available doses of the vaccine Um, earlier on. After the vaccines were approved, the initial sort of strategy was, okay, we'll put out enough for first doses. And since these vaccines require at least two doses, we'll hold back the extra supply we have so that we make sure we have enough second doses for everyone. Um, But right now, I think that that strategy is shifting a little bit. And the goal now is just to vaccinate as many people as possible one time um, since Pfizer and Moderna and these companies producing the vaccine have told the government, you know, we feel really confident we can deliver you those second doses. So you don't necessarily have to hold back for fear you won't be able to get people their second uh, round of the vaccine. So the goal now is just to get it out as quickly as possible. And hopefully that means um, that VA's requests in the future won't be denied since that sort of shift in strategy has just happened this same week.
0: Let's shift gears a little bit here. Um, the VA, of course, uh, has been in the spotlight for a hot bit. Everything from uh, sexual harassment uh, allegations now to this COVID thing. And, and of course, the Capitol building being uh, invaded the way it was. I know uh, Secretary Wilkie has also been brought to the forefront of that controversy as well. But I do want to touch on... Uh, Your recent story about troops in the Capitol. National Guard troops have been ordered to the Capitol to protect it. Uh, We have the inauguration coming up, but we also have uh, impeachment hearings that are happening literally right now as we record this. Tell me about the troop movements into D.C.
2: Sure. Um, You know, we're seeing what seems like really unprecedented levels of uh, National Guard troops moving into the capital region um, much higher than we saw uh, during the summer um, for some of those protests. Then, Uh, you know, initially we were seeing requests for, you know, around 6,500, which quickly bloomed to 15,000. And now it looks like it could increase to 20,000. Which is uh, much more than we have in Iraq and Afghanistan combined. Troops deployed in those areas, and is actually approaching the number that we have stationed in South Korea right now. Um, so those are pretty, you know, startling numbers. Uh, but you know, I think it it goes to show that um, folks are taking this very seriously after the uh, assault on the Capitol last week. Um, you know, there have there is evidence, and the FBI has come out with a report. Uh, about potential threats um, this week and next week, not just in the capital region, but also in capitals um, in states across the country. And so a lot of states are gearing up and activating their individual forces of guard troops. Um, so we're seeing a lot a lot of movement with National guard forces um, being activated to sort of uh, really pro- predominantly their mission are to assist law enforcement. Um, And to be that backup, but certainly the ones uh, (laughs) deployed to the Capitol right now um, are packing heat. They've got their vests, they've got their um, riot shields and helmets and things like that. Um, So they are well prepared to um, take on, you know, certainly the kind of violence that we saw last week.
0: Speaking of preparation, uh, there was some controversy, at least there was some conversation about the types of weapons that National Guard members would be assigned, everything from lethal to non-lethal. Where do we sit on the current armament that the National Guard is going to be using or at least having access to during this uh, precarious time?
2: So my understanding of what the uh, Guard troops were equipped with when they head out to the capital region um, were um, M4 rifles and nine millimeter Berettas. Um, and there was some back and forth about what they would be carrying. Um, they've also been provided riot shields in some cases, helmets, um, you know, the Kevlar vests and things like that to keep them safe. Um, but it was decided that they would be carrying um, lethal weapons and ammunition um, instead of sort of the non lethal um, options that they were carrying during some protests. Um, and you know, even in some of the protests, they were carrying some lethal weaponry as well. So it's it's been a very careful decision um, every time this has come up. You know, I think that that was part of the controversy surrounding what happened last week at the Capitol was that you know, for the optics and and given what happened during the summer, you know, the decision was made to sort of downplay the involvement of the military when it came to the protests that were expected. Um, and certainly, you know, I think um, DC leadership um, and and DOD leadership has sort of learned a lesson from what happened on Wednesday, and they're they're not taking any chances. It seems um, with their guard troops and and with the security that they've, you know, uh, that they're responsible for at the Capitol and and around DC. I think you know this you know sort of outfitting shows that they are really. Um, they're really switching up their strategy for sure.
0: Are there any other stories that might have been overshadowed by the Capitol building, by COVID? Uh, the VA is still moving along. There are a lot of issues that they've been trying to resolve.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: it's very easy for very important stories, very important uh, issues that affect veterans all over this country to kind of get shot over to the wayside while this more sensational stuff takes the headlines. Uh, what are we missing?
2: That's definitely true, and that's always true. Anytime anything takes over in the news cycle, you know, certainly what has happened in the capital region is is very important, and we should be paying attention to it. But you know, over the past month, we've had some major legislation pass in Congress um, for veterans, and that the president has signed, um, sort of down to the wire, really. As um, the session of Congress closed, and we're going to start a new session. And what that means is that before that session ended um, at the end of last year, you know, they had to get everything passed because once that session ends, then all those bills are sort of wiped clean, and you have to start all over. Um, and so, down to the wire, they did pass some legislation. You know, a lot of stuff really focused on mental health improvements at VA, um, things to improve women veterans' care. Um, to get rid of co-pays for Native veterans at VA, um, something that's been a really long time coming, um, you know, some GI Bill improvements. I mean, really big packages of legislation that include lots and lots and lots of bits and pieces that come together for these really, you know, sort of monumental collective changes. Um, you know, things to help veterans who have been victims of uh, medical malpractice at VA, you know, all of these different pieces uh, of not just VA care, but general, uh, you know, life for veterans and, and their benefits and their families. And so those things have happened, sort of uh, been pushed in into the background by, um, you know, politics uh, outside of actual legislating. Um, and, you know, obviously what has happened in the capital region and, and with the presidency and things like that. Um, but, you know, for things like that, you know, Connecting Vets is really great. We are still following those stories all along. Um, you can still find those uh, stories and breakdowns of those bills and what they will mean for you and, and for your family and things like that. Um, So those are, those are really, really important pieces that we try and keep track of, even though we have a lot of other craziness going on in the world.
0: Abby, thank you so much for uh, explaining this COVID thing, the capital regions, uh, national guard troop movements. And of course there is a lot more going on in the world with, VA, with your benefits, with uh, the Department of Defense in general. Mm -hmm. Folks, let's not forget that the business didn't just come to a grinding halt. It is still a work day for the rest of the military, for the the rest of the Department of Defense. Uh, Abby, where can we find out more about uh, what you're doing and the stories that you're working on?
2: So my work is always on ConnectingVets.com, and you can always also find me on Twitter at Abby, A-B-B-I-E-R, Bennett, B-E-N-N-E-T-T.
0: Awesome. And you can, follow, uh, folks, you can also find me on Twitter. I'm at Rod, Pod Rod. And um, this is uh, the Back Brief. You can find us on uh, wherever, you, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, the whole nine yards so uh yeah thanks abby so much for uh covering these wonderful stories that well no let me uh abby thank you so much for covering these stories and you can find more at connecting thank you so
2: much
0: all right folks i'll see you guys at the next episode